declared a disaster. If you are arrested for trespassing, it is immediately a jail. Going to be dry overnight outside of any leftover possible straight storm of the afternoon with all the heat about. We're going to be under a muggy warm night and a hot day returning tomorrow with limited chances of thunderstorms. Early morning, 70s to 80. Scattered thunderstorms with all the heat having those pop up tomorrow. As temperatures go to the mid-90s to the upper 90s, and I feel like temperatures at 105, 110 degree range. Scattered storms Wednesday, perhaps a little less hot. The highs of lower to mid-90s. Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. checked is the, is the one that brought it to be. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here on the Food Show wanting to talk food with you. <sighs> Glad we could make it. 5569696. I actually just arrived here at the house because the traffic uh, on the North Shore is getting worse and worse and worse and I had a bunch of errands to run and just walked in. So <sighs> all right. 5569696 is the number. Are we on the air? Because I don't see anything uh, in the WGSO bank there. Um, oh, there we are. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, settle in. It's Tuesday. Beautiful Tuesday. Uh, beautiful hot Tuesday. I am about to declare something shocking. And that is that I may be falling out of love with al fresco. I uh, have been just the craziest person uh, anytime we could eat out with my daughter. I mean, Tom, we've always had to drag Tom because he pretty much doesn't like al fresco. But I find that the weather is really, really warm uncomfortably so and that it's just going to get worse as the summer goes on so i may be moving away from al fresco dining today tom and i went to vera's and sat in kind of a dark space just because it was cool and had a wonderful lunch they have these incredible little lunch specials a little lunch special board and they're all uh 9.99 and Tom is not eating as much as he used to and I finally got tired of the $20 entree that doesn't get eaten so we're moving into that sort of uh place and so we went to um Vera's and got him a catfish basket which for 9.99 this is a great deal for 9.99 
you get, well, now it's, it is one piece of catfish, but it is a nice piece of catfish and a big pile of fries and really great hush puppies. I am not a hush puppy fan. And, um, and the hush puppies that I run into, generally speaking, are not uh, really good. And these, on the other hand, were actually really good. And uh, I, was, I was most impressed with them. Tom also got with his entree of a catfish basket, a side salad, which was not a nothing salad. It was large enough. It was fresh salad greens, had a lot of croutons, not my thing, but uh, it was a nice little salad. This was a great little plate of food for 10 bucks. I, I was just like, wow, there are still deals to be had. I'm starting to find a lot of deals. I'm, I'm just really high on the deals at Maribo, and this is a deal, and there are deals to be had all over the place. So, um, so good for them. And honestly, I don't know how they can do these deals with the prices of everything going up the way they are. So um, kudos to Vera's. Uh, no wonder the place was full. It, uh, there's probably six or seven of these that you, there's a lot of good stuff on the menu in general, but this was something that, you know, was easy. It was quick. It was, it just checked all the boxes, but I am most impressed with those hush puppies, which, as I say, I am not generally a fan of. They were plump, they were golf ball sized, they were moist on the inside, and just were really kind of exceptional hush puppies. I really should get Mary Lee to test them out because she is the hush puppy queen, but um, she was not with us. Anyway, we sat in a kind of dark space today, which explains my assertion that maybe I am falling out of love with al fresco. Because honestly, when I think about going to lunch, and the first place that comes to mind, as I've said, is La Coretta, because we go there so often, so much so, that my phone tells me when the car turns on that I'm 15 minutes from La Coretta. And we usually sit outside, but it's just too hot. It's just too hot. Anyway, 5569696 is the number. We had such a busy show yesterday that we didn't get to the almanac. And so I'm going to kind of work off of two almanacs on this show. Um, we have Don Uncorked coming up. As a matter of fact, if you have that right at the, at the touch of a button, um, Tony, we can go ahead and do that if you are sure of the one that you're doing. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it at the break and we'll do it right out of the break. 5569696 is the number. I've also been doing some experiments here at the house. And uh, and I haven't I didn't have a chance to report on those yesterday. So I finally did find the hot tamales at the store. And I popped open a can yesterday and put them in a pan. And I was unimpressed with the smell when it went into the pan, but I didn't have a smell recollection of it. And so I was wondering if there was something different about them or what. And then the sauce looked the same. The tamales had exactly the same look to them. And I uh, tried them. 
The same thing happened with this can of tamales that has happened with every previous can of tamales to my recollection, which is that one of the papers that it's not a husk, it's sort of like a paper that engulfs the tamale. One of the papers is not completely sealed, so it gets caught on the can as it goes out. That's kind of every single can of those I've ever had. So that's still happening. So we put it into the pan and it was um, good. I mean, the first bite was like, eh, what did I ever see in it? But then I, I ate it and I, it's just, it kind of all came back. And I mean, I, I think it's a good product. It's, you know, it's a canned tamale, but it's it's still a good product. So um, I'm I'm, I guess, happy, or maybe I should be embarrassed to say that I still like canned Hormel hot tamales. I also, at the store, I went to Winn-Dixie, which is something I hadn't in a while, and Winn-Dixie has really kind of upped their game, certainly on um, Highway 21. And uh, I got, I saw Rayo's spaghetti sauce. I know Michael75 is a big fan of that, so um, just because we had it mentioned on the show, I thought I would give it a try. They are apparently moving into this market in kind of a big way. They had some pasta on the shelf and also a full line of sauces. And um, so last night we put some spaghetti into a pan and did the marinara. I bought the straight ahead Rayo's marinara and I have to say it was really good. As a matter of fact, there's something so simple about basic Pomodoro. Um, we call it, I guess, marinara here, but in Italy, you see pomodoro all over the menus, and it's for people like my kids who, whenever we were in Italy, we ordered pomodoro for them. So essentially what it is is marinara with spaghetti tossed in it, and that's it. And uh, <clears throat> Tony, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about, about pomodoro um, because there's actually, there was a chain in the West, and I don't know if it's still out there. Actually, it wasn't just the West. I think it was just Los Angeles called Pomodoro. It was actually really good, but um, even in the last few years, it's sort of contracted, and I don't know if it's contracted into extinction, but um, I love Pomodoro. A simple Pomodoro is pretty darn good, especially if the sauce itself is good. Uh, at Impostados, they serve two different kinds of fettuccine. One is his, uh, his, uh, why am I drawing a total blank on that right now? Um, Alfredo, his Alfredo, and the other is a marinara, and it's, uh, it's a pomodoro, and they're both, both tossed with a sauce, and, uh, they're both excellent, but this was actually pretty darn good for a jarred spaghetti sauce. All right, so Tony, we're going to take a break, at which point I'm going to be busy here throwing a cat out and fixing everything that he has messed up. And so check with me before we come back. All right, 556-9696. We'll be back. 
Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. And it's crawfish season. Having a boil? Bring your ice chest to Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. Hurricanes and major flooding threaten cities, towns, and rural homes across the Gulf states. So chances are there will be more storms and floods near here again. And between school, sports, and social lives, chances are you won't be with your kids when it happens. Will they know what to do? Ready.gov slash kids has all the educational tools and information to make the conversation easy. When the time comes, chances are they'll feel prepared, not scared. So talk with your family today. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Very, 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 very true. Like just now, I spent that entire 15 minutes wrestling a cat who didn't want to be put down uh, on the floor. It was, um, it was a rough battle, but eventually I prevailed. He is outside now. The Edible Dictionary word for today is Seabob, brought to you by Dorignacs, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. Never even heard of this, Seabob. It's a species of saltwater shrimp, very common along the Atlantic, Caribbean, and Gulf coasts from the Carolinas down to southern Brazil. Tom has written their actual name, and just for fun, I'm going to say what it is. It's Ziphopenius. Croyer, E. They are caught commercially in great numbers in Louisiana, although not as great as white shrimp and brown shrimp, the leading species. Sea bobs are a good bit smaller than these species and are not often seen in markets. There is a Louisiana season for sea bobs, though, and when they turn up, they're good for stews, etouffee, bisques, and remoulade. I have never heard of that. Has anyone heard of a sea bob? Hello, Tom. 5569696 is the number. And uh, I will say that yesterday, I'm going to start with yesterday's almanac because, um, because there was some good stuff in it. And I, I didn't get to it yesterday. The first recorded making of whiskey from fermented corn mash mm-hmm. was done in Bourbon Country, Kentucky. That was the birth of what we now call just bourbon the most famous distilled spirit in america it is held in high regard overseas and in latin america with a reputation somewhat like the one we accord to cognac in america 
In recent years, the bourbon distillers reversed a long slide in their fortunes by creating new small batch bourbons of much higher quality. Tom, I didn't know that you liked Pappy Van Winkle. That's the silliest name for anything. And, uh, <laughs> and I know it's expensive. Tom, um, you are a Kentucky Colonel, aren't you? Is that a bourbon thing? The bourbon? A Kentucky Colonel. Does that make you some a bourbon expert since you're a Kentucky well, Colonel? Yeah, I know that you like to always say that you're a Kentucky Colonel. I don't Heaven even know how <laughs> all of these things that happened that I just sort of brushed aside and let Tom do his thing have now come back and I think, oh, I should have paid more attention to that. So, Tom, you were a Kentucky Colonel mm -hmm. made so by, I don't know, who was that guy that made you a Kentucky Colonel? It's like a little club of really geeks, but um, I don't know. I don't know why uh, you why you're a Kentucky Colonel. Not you, but anyone is a Kentucky Colonel. What is that, Tom? Do you remember that when you were afforded the distinction of being a Kentucky Colonel? No. Yeah, I, 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 I remember being growing up. You have more. you have your card, and you always pull out your card about being a Kentucky Colonel, but I don't know if it has anything to do with bourbon at all. I remember look, I remember passing through Kentucky once and um, it was unfortunate because I really kind of wanted to see a little bit more of Kentucky. I was coming back from DC at the time and the rain was so torrential. You know, sometimes you're caught in a car and the rain is so torrential that you're kind of afraid to do anything. You can't pull over because someone will hit you because the rain is coming down in such torrents that no one can see anything and you can't stop and you can't really do anything but press on because that's where you are and you just hope for the best, say your prayers, and keep moving through it, and at some point it breaks. But that's how bad the rain was that particular day. So I wasn't able to do anything on the bourbon trail. Not that I would have been drinking bourbon, but I did kind of want to see that. I also wanted to see the Kentucky bluegrass, but it was nothing but water everywhere. The deaf dining rule number 240 today is the more peculiar looking the mushrooms in a Chinese dish, the better the dish will taste. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Those little, those little umbrella mushrooms in Chinese food kind of annoy me. But um, I, I put up with them, especially if the dish is good. And sometimes they're really good. Not the, the mushrooms, but sometimes the, um, the dish is really, really good. So I just sort of, I just ignore it. So Tony, did you eat a lot of Pomodoro when you were in Italy? Oh, sure. Yes. All yes, the time. I, I, I yeah. My whole life. Very good. Very delicious. Makes my heart did, happy. Did, it's, wait, what? It was my whole life. It's very delicious. Pomodoro? It makes my heart happy. Your heart happy. Okay. Yeah. So, um, did you order Pomodoro as uh, something that you would, like, my kids, that's what they ate. They only ate Pomodoro. But were you more of an adventuresome eater, so that wasn't something that you had to have just to, 
as my friend's dad used to say, fill a hole. I mean, Pomodoro was what my kids ate because they were kind of pills. And I, it's, it's, but it's good, though. No, it is very good. I historically have always been the adventurous person in my family. My parents and my sister are very uh, chicken nuggets and ranch. But I'll eat whatever. Ah, okay. That's a word that doesn't register with me. So Pomodoro is not a go-to for you. It was just, but so why did you get it on a menu? Because there's so many other interesting things. Oh no, I mean, have like you ever I've had, had straw it. and this hay? It's not my go-to straw and hay. Every now and then, somebody around our facility will spit out uh, a chunk uh, that looks like an overfloated. Uh, <laughs> what's the the, uh, Tom, the fling we're going to have to not only watch you talking, yeah. but you specifically what you're saying. Okay, so yes, um, we're talking about Pomodoro that, right now. Oh, it's going to be an interesting show today, isn't it? <laughs> it started out that way, and it is going to remain so for sure. Uh, yeah, so Pomodoro is what I call the... Um, it's kind of like lasagna. I mean, I, you've not heard this story, Tony, but this is a favorite story of mine. I know that a lot of people in the audience have heard it. So over the years, we did these Eat Club cruises where we, we've really traveled the world with them. And um, I always would tease Tom because he would assume that because people went to eat clubs that they were adventuresome gourmets. And I always said to him that this was sort of a high ideal for people. It's kind of like you like the idea of something more than you actually like the thing. And so we had about, I don't know, 25 eat clubbers with us at a particular restaurant in Venice that Andrea's friend, or Andrea recommended, he was a friend of this guy. And so we were sitting out in this courtyard and um, Tom was expecting all of the eat clubbers to follow his lead in ordering things like um, squid ink pasta. There's a particular crab there that is, interesting really interesting do you know what i'm talking about it's a crab no what is it and, and i don't know i'm gonna have to look it up but it's a it's a particular crab that was a it was kind of like a stuffed crab that we had at another eat club also in venice another year and another cruise um but i'm trying to think of the name of that restaurant you had a lot of people there that night we went just the last time we were in venice do you remember we went back to that restaurant and um, I'm gonna have to think of the name of the restaurant too. But it's just you and me. I and um, I didn't see the crab on the menu, but it was it was kind of sad. It was just you and me in this restaurant that a few years earlier had been uh, the scene of a great big eat club with us. But anyway, we were in this courtyard, and there were twenty some odd people at the table, what was and Tom was expecting everyone to order. Things like squid ink or the name of this crab, some spiny kind of crab. Here's what's going and on um, it, he went, they went down the row and it was like lasagna, 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 lasagna. It's like everybody at the table got lasagna except for Tom and maybe one other person. So that's the kind of thing that the tourists, I guess, in, in Venice would get, that and Pomodoro. But... Um, 
if you're an adventurous eater, then I would think that you would have, you know, ventured out beyond that. So obviously you did. How could your parents find, they, they didn't eat chicken nuggets and ranch in Italy, did they? I mean, they have it. Uh, no, chicken <laughs> nuggets and ranch is just a, a descriptor of okay, their, uh, okay. their palate. Okay. Of their, <laughs> yes. So instead of calling them a pill as I do, uh, not your parents, but myself and, and my kids, um, it's, uh, I, I guess they found things to eat there, huh? Oh, yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you can't Have be you a carbonara. Have you ever had straw and hay? Have you ever had straw and hay? No, I've never had that. Can you tell me what that is? You know, I wish I could tell you what it is, but <laughs> it is um, it is delicious. And um, oh, it's called it's called polyophenio, I think. I'm going to Google that. And it is, yeah, it's, um, it, there's a dish. It's kind of famous over there. And I know that the first time I actually started eating in Italy, which was several years into my sojourns over there, because I didn't for the first three or four of them. And um, this one particular cruise, I guess maybe my sisters were there and we were all in a festive mood and I decided to start eating. Oh, I know what it was. I had read about cacio a pepe. And I ordered cacio pepe and they suggested that we get straw and hay as well. And both of them were just fantastic. And of course I have eaten cacio pepe all over, uh, but Rome is the place to get it for sure. But um, straw and hay was also really, really delicious. And I'm also going to look it up while we're, um, while we're at break. Yeah, but you also have another job to do, uh, Tony, while we're at break. So I'll look up straw and hay and i'll have you prepare the don uncorked because we have to um we have to have the right one this time and um and i have to set it up and we'll do that right after the break i'll set it up right out of the break five five six nine six nine six is the number oh we're just like airing all of our all of our behind the scenes things they're just all out front here this morning um, not this morning but this afternoon because I guess that's what happens when you sit down two minutes before the show starts. Five five six nine six nine six. Time for the bottom of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. It's two thirty. I'm Brooke Thorington. Governor John Bill Edwards signs legislation decriminalizing possession of up to 14 grams of marijuana. Policy Director for the Louisiana Progress, Peter Robbins Brown, says decriminalization is a widely popular policy that creates more trust between law enforcement and their local community. I think it was practically a bad thing for law enforcement to be tasked with enforcing this incredibly unpopular law. Under the law, written by Shreveport Representative Cedric Glover, possession of under 14 grams cannot lead to jail time and comes with a maximum fine of $100. Forecasters say there's a high chance of a disturbance in the southern Gulf of Mexico will develop into at least a tropical storm over the next five days. National Weather Service meteorologist Ben Schott says prepare now for a big rainmaker on Friday and Saturday. All the models have been amazingly consistent that somewhere between Lake Charles and Mobile, Alabama, is going to get drenched this weekend in a way that's going to be, you know, the possibility for flooding. LRN. This is for those who always show they care. Who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting those they love. Thank you. 
We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. How much money is 30 seconds worth to you? If you hire a non-licensed contractor, it could cost you thousands of dollars and hours and hours of headaches. Take 30 seconds to save thousands. Go to lacontractor.org and make sure he or she is licensed like thousands of great contractors here in Louisiana. That's lacontractor.org. Or get our free mobile app, LA Contractor, in your app store. Take 30 seconds to save thousands now. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. You make me feel so young. True enough. That is a wonderful feeling anyway. Um, I Straw and Hay is called Palia Afinio, and it was an edible dictionary of ours a couple of weeks ago. It means straw and hay, and specifically for this pasta dish of yellow and green pasta in Italy, and possibly here in North America, you can find nests. That's what it, I remember it being most distinctly. It was nests of pasta. In Italy, it was green. It was green and the regular color pasta, and it was yummy, yum, yum. And um, I, I don't, I think I asked what it was once, and they didn't really explain it because there doesn't seem to be much to explain. It's just different nests of pasta colors. All right, uh, let's go to Don and Corked. My Apologies to Don because I did not submit the new ones to BJ yet, which I will do as soon as the show is over. So we're going to play televisions in restaurants. Don is sitting in his plump, luxurious leather chair in his silk robe with champagne and talking about things that he doesn't like in restaurants. Let's go to Don Uncorked. Pop the cork, Don. Televisions in dining rooms. You know, with modern technology, you can hang a television just about anywhere. But it doesn't mean that you should. Now, if I'm in a sports bar or a wing or a pizza joint and there's a television on the wall, there's a place for that. That could be appropriate. But if I'm having a genuine sit-down meal in a restaurant with my family or friends, I should not have to see a television anywhere. Let's face it, if you simply can't manage to tear yourself away from a television long enough to enjoy a meal with your family and friends, do us all a favor, stay home. 
televisions and restaurants drive me crazy. Yes, indeed. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. I want to mention that uh, Don Uncorked is brought to you by the Plant Gallery. The Plant Gallery is where you can find absolutely anything you are looking for for your garden. It is a huge place right there at the Parish Line in Metairie. All kinds of interesting things, fountains, and in particular right now, if you are doing some gardening, they have pots, pots of all sizes, shapes, colors, uh, heights, weights, um, really interesting things at the plant gallery. Just go on over there and browse. They have herbs and, of course, plants of all kinds and flowers. The plant gallery is located at 9401 Airline Highway in Metairie right there as the parish line crosses into New Orleans. Phone number if you want to see what they have is 504-488-8887. They do close at 5 o'clock. The Plant Gallery, it's also a place that you might talk to about just flowers and arrangements and cut flowers. It's, it's a really interesting place, pretty all-encompassing in the flora world. The Plant Gallery in Metairie. All right, back to straw and hay. Straw and hay is an unusual but truly delicious dish. Oh, and pomodoro is, we got on the subject of straw and hay because pomodoro is um, what we had last night for dinner. And what I did was I popped the jar of Rayo's, that's the way to say it, and tossed some spaghetti into it. And then I had some, went to um, Aquistapace, couple of nights ago and went to uh, their cheese section, which is pretty impressive is the word. And I saw their wheels of Parmigiano Reggiano and every imaginable um, size of a, a pizza shape sort of cut triangle from the wheel. And I got several of them. And one of them that I got was a uh, rind. I bought the rind. And I don't know how close to the rind, how much cheese is left on the rind, but I bought it just for yucks to see. It was like $2.58 for a giant triangle of Parmigiano Reggiano. So I'm going to investigate that and see if there's anything left on it. But I bought two other pieces as well. And I decided that's the way to do Parmigiano Reggiano, to have a little thin slice of it, and it makes it really, really easy to grate it. I mean, it's super easy to grate it. So that's what I did. I grated some uh, fresh Parmigiano Reggiano over this uh, bowl of Pomodoro using Rayo's sauce, and it was uh, actually kind of delicious. I had a huge pile of it. I liked the sauce. It was perky and very flavorful, and I'm kind of intrigued about getting some of the others. This is a Brooklyn, I think it's Brooklyn, New York company that's 120 years old, and I love my centennial companies, so um, I was curious about it, and I'm glad that I checked it out because it was, it was a good little plate of food last night. 
So that's our experiments that we've been doing here at the Fitzmorris house. I haven't, I haven't done any of the others like the Nutty Buddy or um, haven't made the Spam Masubi yet, but um, it's coming. It's coming. Yesterday, this is from yesterday's almanac because we didn't get to any of it. Dr. Henry Heimlich proposed what became known as the Heimlich Maneuver in 1974. I didn't realize it was that recent. I mean, I know 1974 is 50 years ago, but that's kind of recent history. While it doesn't always work and sometimes results in a fractured rib or two for the victim, it has saved thousands of choking victims who might otherwise have died or been permanently injured. Many of these were in restaurants with the person doing the maneuver being just another customer. If you don't know how to do it, you should learn. It's so easy to do. Can't even tell you how many times I've done it myself. Several on my own daughter. Got to the point where I was heimlicking my daughter for all kinds of things. And uh, it really, I mean, it's so simple. And if you feel even remotely confident about doing it, I'm sure the results are um, worth it for sure. Let's see. Today, the words to eat by are from John Keats, talking of pleasure. This moment I was writing with one hand and with the other holding to my mouth a nectarine. How good, how fine. It went down all pulpy, slushy, oozy, all its delicious ambon point melted down my throat like a large beatified strawberry. See, that's the kind of stuff we talk about here on The Food Show. We talk about Creole tomatoes dripping down your arm while you're standing over a sink. How many foods do you think you eat standing over a sink? I eat just, <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but if I'm home, I'm kind of always eating standing up now. And I don't know why, I guess because I, I make Tom breakfast and I am eating my own breakfast up, up, you know, across from him. So that would be at the cooktop. And I do a lot of chocolate and nut eating over the cooktop. But I also eat, I mean, I, I feel like I'm constantly eating standing up now. That's pretty bad, but it's, it's true. It's a true statement. I have been eating a lot of things over the sink that would mess up what I'm wearing. So yeah, I mean, I am pretty much eating everything standing up. We have a dining room with a nice dining room table and kind of a beautiful piece of pottery that our daughter made years ago. It's pretty stunning. And uh, we should really eat at the dining room table, but we never do. I mean, I don't know how much we've ever eaten at the dining room table. We have a pretty large island in the kitchen and the kids and I would eat there. And I'd say that we almost never have eaten at the dining room table here, even when the kids were around, because we didn't really eat a lot of family meals here. I mean, we've always just sort of eaten out. That's kind of how we operate. It's kind of how we roll here at the Fitzmorris house. But um, it's probably good because the dining room chairs are these, you know, 
upholstered fluffy things that if they had a lot of butts sitting on them for extended periods of time would probably not look that way anymore so i guess it's good but you know we just kind of never did do that five five six nine six nine six is the number i know that the words to drink by today are from lillian carter the mother of president jimmy carter if my memory serves me correctly, and this is a long time ago, although we're getting a lot of flashbacks these days, um, the brother of Jimmy Carter used to embarrass him. Is that right? Um, the peanut guy? Was it Billy Carter, maybe? Anyway, here's one about his mother, Lillian Carter, and I guess she was a little sensitive about the way they picked on poor Billy because he, she said, I know folks all have a tizzy about it, but I like a little bourbon in an evening. It helps me sleep, and I don't care much about what they say about it. So yeah, that sounds like she might have been a little sensitive about what they said about Billy Carter back in the day. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I would love to talk to you. I want to go bring my bike in today. Uh, because it sounds really, really scary. And I'm afraid I'm going to wind up on the ground over a pile of screws. So I brought the bike in. And while the guy was testing the bike and showing me all the things that were wrong with it, his partner was taking a fried chicken order. And the reason I mention that is that fried chicken is in the uh, almanac today. Fryer, Kentucky which I guess is a good place because isn't Colonel Sanders from Kentucky. So I just mentioned my bike and the fried chicken order um, because fried chicken is in the almanac today. Um, the original order that the guy made was um, beans and the other guy thought it was the red beans, but it was really the green beans. So, um, you know, we're digging deep here on the food show for me to be telling you the fried chicken order for Popeyes from the guy who was doing my bike. But you know what? We start down the yellow brick road and you just never know where it's gonna where it's gonna lead. In the annals of French cuisine today, Napoleon won what he considered his greatest victory on this day in 1800 at Marengo in northern Italy. Near Turin, he was fighting the Austrians. The battle is commemorated in a dish called Chicken Marengo. It was what Napoleon's cooks served him after the battle. The ingredients foraged from the area. The original recipe's sauce was made with crawfish. Most recipes now leave that out unless they're made in Louisiana. They actually do eat a fair amount of crawfish in Europe, and I don't know which countries, but you will see crawfish on a, a number of menus over there. Let's take a break. 556-9696. We'll be back. The Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. 
The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls, and the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. I get misty just holding your hand. True. Five five six nine six nine six. Today is in Key West conch fritter day. Does anyone eat conch fritters? Does anyone eat conch? I know that some people have called the show and said that they do. Um, Tom used to always say that it was like eating a um, pencil eraser which sounds incredibly unappealing. So for a person like me, who I'm going to start using this phrase, is a chicken nuggets and ranch person. I love that. Um, I mean, with your permission, Tony, is that okay for me to call myself a, um, I'm in the club with your parents and the rest of your family, a chicken nuggets and ranch dressing kind of person. If that is the club you want to join, I will not stop you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm not, that's not really true. That's not really true. I mean, I do eat a lot of things, but I don't eat, you know, what real gourmets eat. I'm never going to eat eel. I'm not going to eat a conch fritter. But yes, probably a little bit. Um, I'm not quite to the extreme, and I'm sure your parents aren't either about eating just chicken nuggets and ranch. Although, you got to admit, chicken nuggets are pretty good, as is ranch. Would you not say, Tony? They're pretty good. They're pretty good for sure. You've, but I got I got horizons. You've enjoyed a chicken nugget in your time, I'm sure. What? I said I've got horizons though. <laughs> yes, but but uh, you know sometimes a good chicken nugget is, nugget is kind of hard to beat, and I think that the reason that ranch is um, as ubiquitous as it is is that there are an awful lot of people that like ranch dressing. It's it's pretty good stuff. I remember when ranch first started it was probably around 1978 and uh it was brought out by hidden valley ranch which is why it's called ranch but it's um it's been pretty i mean honestly it's it's basically a buttermilk dressing which is good i mean you know buttermilk dressing is good so tom does not want to call today conch fritter day because most people wouldn't touch a conch fritter so he's renamed National Arugula Day. Arugula is a weed, really, and it's the most delicious weed we can think of. It grows wild all around the Mediterranean and has been eaten since time immemorial by people from the Riviera to Sudan. Tom finds it interesting that the impoverished people of Sudan may well be eating the same thing simultaneously as the wealthiest people in America's most expensive restaurants. Well, if it's also eaten on the Riviera, then those people are pretty wealthy too. Uh, Tom's favorite arugula story is that he was staying in a hotel in Udine, Italy, where he was with a group of Italian-American restaurateurs. They were having lunch in the hotel, and he went down to the lobby and entered the restaurant 
just inside the door was a gigantic glass bowl filled with arugula leaves. His only thought was how fine a meal it would be to have nothing but that, olive oil, a little balsamic vinegar, and chunks of parmigiana on the side. Maybe some walnuts, too. He was very disappointed when the maitre d' pointed out to the banquet room where the lunch, pointed him to the banquet room where the lunch was going to take place. There was very little arugula in that lunch. You can grow your own arugula, but since it's only good when the leaves are small, they start tasting strong in the direction of horseradish when they get big. So that's what it is about arugula, because I love arugula. And I remember the first time I had it was at a dinner at um, La Turifel. I think that's what it's called on St. Charles. And it was arugula, balsamic vinegar, walnuts, and I guess parmesan or maybe it was blue cheese i'm not sure but there was a cheese in there too and that was great there were little tiny there were little leaves of arugula but i've noticed that when i buy arugula in the bag the leaves tend to be bigger and are less uh are less good arugula is also called rocket and there's a rocket pizza at maribo which is good I like when arugula is on a pizza. At my favorite restaurant in the whole world, Bottega Louie in Los Angeles, they serve a pizza with arugula in the middle of it. It's like a cheese pizza with arugula. It's a delicious taste. And uh, for some reason, I'm not as intrigued with it at Maribo as I am at Louie, but it might just be, it might just be the difference in the place. I've often said that Maribo is like a smaller version of Bottega Louie, and, and that's kind of true. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. Although the pizza at Louie tends to be more a New York style pizza and less a Neapolitan, but they're both, I, I guess it's kind of a hybrid of both, which is why I like it. You can grow your own arugula, but since it's only good when the leaves are small, they start tasting strong in the direction, direction of horseradish when they get big. You have to constantly plant it to have fresh leaves constantly. Arugula also under, goes, goes under the names rocket, roquette, and rucula. About how big a salad bowl would it be right now with a zippy vinaigrette? Yes, a zippy vinaigrette is wonderful for so many things. A zippy vinaigrette is maybe the best kind of salad dressing anywhere. And that's probably why it's so delicious to eat Mediterranean food because they have a lot of zippy vinaigrettes over there. Another edible dictionary word, the one for today, brought to you by Dorignax. Celebrating 75 to, uh, years uh, this uh, year. Uh, a section of the, of the book, Dricky, uh, having to go back to your beginning. Yeah, of it. And, and for once sure. you have that in, up, and it tends to run on its own. Clicking oh, alone. good. And that's been around for a long time. Yeah. And I, I would recommend it to everybody. How'd you like your, um, how did you like your fish today at Vera's, that piece of fish oh, you had? that was fantastic. Wasn't it great? And you and, had... And we, we didn't even mention it. We were No, I did. There. I was talking about it. You actually have had two really great meals from Vera. 
yesterday you had a roast beef poor boy from there and that was a really good roast beef poor boy i was not aware that they had a roast beef poor boy that good on the menu did you like it it was every fish you could think of and all the boy sellers that uh, Tom, also... do you like sliced roast beef on poor boys or do you like debris poor boys which which do you prefer what style of roast beef poor boy what do I like about uh, what style of roast beef poor boy do you like? Like Parkway has uh -huh. a debris roast yep. beef poor boy, yeah, and Bears has a sliced one. So which style do you prefer? Uh, well, there's so many of them. What can you go to? If I were going to start picking them out, I don't know what I'd come up with. But of the fish that you take with a, with the two pianos, mm -hmm. and then you kind of pack a bang, ding, mm -hmm. ding, 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 ding. Uh, if you take the, the little bevels that are... Uh, did you like those? Did you like the um, the uh, hush puppies today? They were really good, weren't they? They were like, they were like cornbread that is um, soft, not super soft, but just like really nice cornbread with a, a hard shell of fried uh, cornmeal. And it was really good. Yeah. It had like, you know, just spices delicious. studded in it. It had some, it was the good. It was really are, good. It was really, really oysters good. Oysters are killers. All right, so you had a piece of fish. You had a nice piece of fish that was cornmeal yeah. battered. It was just one piece of fish because, I mean, it was nine ninety nine. But it was a nice size piece of fish. You had a bunch of fries. And you had uh, tartar sauce and cocktail sauce and hush puppies in a nice size little basket with a side salad. That was an incredible deal. I was most impressed with that. Very impressed with that. They also had blackened shrimp tacos there. And I, I don't noticed it before, but the next time I go, I'm gonna get the blackened shrimp tacos. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. We're just kind of hanging out here today. We don't have a guest in the next half hour. So give us a call, 556-9696. Edible Dictionary Word, kohlrabi, one of the strangest looking of vegetables. Kohlrabi is a much altered cultivar of cabbage. The part usually eaten is a pale green bulb formed by the bulging lower ends of the stems. Despite its appearance, this bulb doesn't grow underground. The flavor of kohlrabi is often compared with the stems of broccoli or cauliflower. The bulbs are most often peeled and then shredded into an ingredient for a salad, but sometimes they're cooked. Only people who grow them are wild about kohlrabi. The name is much like the German word for rutabagas, which are related only distantly. I planted a stem of a broccoli that I had just sort of hurled out the back door and it was sitting out there for a while. And when I went to, I noticed it and it had, it was growing another plant and it had little snails on it, like little garden snails. I don't know if those become escargot or something. I'd love to have one of these anyway, on the dredging belt yeah, right here. Yeah. And so you'd heard better. And if you put yes. this on a cage, it we're winds some, up, go way over there. Yeah, we're going to do some production later with that, Tom. But um, I planted it because it was sprouting. And I put it in the soil. And I was curious to see if it was going to grow. And it took a really long time 
to start to to manifest into a plant but it is absolutely a plant and it is definitely growing another broccoli plant and i'm going to be really curious to see if it actually yields block broccoli florets the tomatoes that i'm growing have been growing for a while they have little yellow flowers that have come and gone and not resulted in a tomato at all so um i'm not having a tremendous amount of luck with the garden that i have out there although the the broccoli stem does appear to be um, moving in that direction. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here, ready to do that with you. We've been talking food here on the Food Show. Tom has for 32 years, and we're moving up to our 33rd anniversary, but it's just me now. It is 3 o'clock. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back for some more food talk after that. Give me a call, 556-9696. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden is in Geneva ahead of his big summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin on Wednesday. Biden and Putin have met before, but tomorrow's summit will be his first sit-down with the Russian leader as president. Biden walking back some of his tough comments regarding Putin on Monday. As far as how he believes President Biden needs to approach this meeting, Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul says. You know, I think we're approaching a time period that's not uh, too dissimilar than the Cold War. In the Cold War, you know, Russia, the Soviet Union had all kinds of human rights abuses. We objected to it. We spoke out against it. And yet Reagan did at some point sit down with Gorbachev and talk about nuclear arms control. Attorney General Merrick Garland is unveiling the government's first ever strategy to combat domestic terrorism, although no specific threats of domestic terrorism have been named. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Yes, the pandemic is coming to an end. Restrictions are coming to an end. But body aches and pains never seem to end. That's why you need to click sunny-bay.com for the best sleep you can get. Sunny Bay's legendary products can help, like our lavender stress-reducing products, locally sourced and handmade in the USA. Or try Sunny Bay's award-winning pillows for traveling or extra neck support while sleeping. No need for pills or expensive chiropractic visits. Our neck support pillows are that good. Sunny Bay is a homegrown small business, but our products are designed and rigorously tested based on your demand and feedback. And they make great gifts for mom, dad, or anyone. Find Sunny Bay products on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, or at sunny-bay.com. And right now, get free heat patches and a belt with any purchase. So remember, Sunny Bay heating pads, neck pillows, and stress-relieving hot or cold wraps as restrictions come to an end and you get back to work. Do it the healthy way with Sunny Bay. The former CDC director is defending the theory that COVID-19 could have leaked from a Chinese lab. Robert Redfield telling Fox News the spread of the virus was not consistent with other deadly coronaviruses such as SARS and MERS. There's an alternative hypothesis that it went from a, a bat virus, got into a laboratory where in the laboratory it was uh, taught, educated, it evolved so that it became a virus that could efficiently transmit human to human. My professional opinion as a virologist is that's, where, that's the hypothesis that I support. Reports say Southwest Airlines is beginning to resume operations after a national ground stop went into effect on Tuesday. In a tweet, the airline blaming system issues. This is the latest problem for the Texas-based airline. A weather monitoring system went down last night for about three hours and caused delays. This is USA Radio News.
Look, bud, I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The new Edgar Bergenauer with Charlie McCarthy. Now, if you help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic Radio Theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. A North Korean defector is speaking out about some of America's most prominent schools. Ivy League schools are considered to be the most prestigious of all colleges in the United States. Now a defector from North Korea, Yeonmi Park on Fox News, says actions by her Ivy League school remind her of North Korea's oppressive ways. Every day at Columbia I was thinking, how is it possible? I couldn't believe that was actually happening to this country. That they told us in order for us to be you know, protected by the leader we should be stopped questioning and that was exactly at Columbia I had to go through. I think the worst thing is not just silence going to be dry overnight outside of any leftover possible stray storm of the afternoon with all the heat about. We're going to be under a muggy warm night and a hot day returning tomorrow with limited chances of thunderstorms. Early morning 70s to 80. Scattered thunderstorms with all the heat having those pop up tomorrow. As temperatures go to the mid-90s to the upper 90s, and I feel like temperatures at 105-110 degree range. Scattered storms Wednesday, perhaps a little less hot. The highs of lower to mid-90s. Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. of the food show or the second course as tom likes to say and we have on the line michael 75 hello there hey good afternoon i'm watching two shows about animals one of which i'm sure you would be interested in the other ones i don't know uh the first one is the best one by far it's the races uh the queen's races from royal ascot england and uh they're real special everybody wears top hats and tails and everything to the races the other one is the Westminster Dog Show. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I saw a picture of the thing that won, and, it, I, and I can't even recognize it as a dog. It's a Pekingese. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, maybe my eyes are just getting really bad, but I didn't even see a face on the dog. It was so, so <laughs> puffy. The, the one, I like so. the one that came in second, the Whippet. Oh, yeah, those are cute little dogs. Somebody, I, I went to the to pick up some um, heart meds for my, uh, my dog the other day, and I saw a most adorable dog. It was called a Wheaton Terrier, and mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was really adorable. I wanted one. Anyway, what can we do for what? you today, Michael? You're calling what? about uh, uh, Rayos, aren't you? I, no, I, you have to tell me about that in a minute. But I got a few things. Uh, I have a slight bone to pick with you. Uh, I told oh. you last time we talked about us uh, in 1984 uh, 
traveling to Europe, buying a Mercedes, and uh, driving around with the kids for 42 days, and going to Buckingham Palace. And my six-year-old was dressed in a uh, Beef Eaters yeah. costume and the Queen uh-huh. Mother stuff. And then you questioned the pro- uh, the propriety of bringing a six-year-old to to Europe. So I checked with my son, who's a pretty good lawyer. Oh, and good. Oh, you did check he, with him? Okay, good. Yeah, he's a professor. He said he remembered a lot. Oh, good. Good. Okay, uh, so. I, I wasn't questioning the propriety of it. I was questioning the... Um, utility of it <laughs> like well you know it's an awful lot of money to spend if nobody's going to remember but i'm glad that he remembered it that's good well it, it really wasn't that much more than two people uh two two children driving uh actually uh, the the economics of the situation was we actually made money on a trip now i can explain well, that to you well, we, I think bought- that in that case, if you're going to be over there for a long time, obviously you would take the kids. So, uh, right. but I was just wondering, not that you know that you shouldn't go to Europe because you can't take your kids, but wondering how much they actually would remember of it. That's all. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was very positive for them. Uh, by the Good. way, yesterday yesterday I cooked. Uh, I did a little experimentation. I had cooked some bacon earlier, some thick uh, bacon. It's called King Cotton. It was great. And uh, anyway, I had the bacon grease. So I, uh, I, I did my onions, etc. when I prepared my crawfish etouffee, and I made the etouffee with bacon grease, and it was great. Yeah, I've heard that that, well, I mean, you know what? Why not? It's, uh, it's natural, at least, you know? It's natural. Yeah. Then I also cooked the cream, cream of turtle soup, of, of turtle, not cream of uh, turnip soup. Oh, was that good? Oh, I loved it. Although was I put that the a first lot time of MS- you've done that? Yeah, put in years. Uh, uh, put a lot of MSG in there. What was what was the uh, the flavoring agent? Obviously, you probably okay. I, would- I used a, a combination of chicken stock and lobster stock. Okay, okay. Because I was going to say, I don't know that a turnip by itself would provide that much flavor so there had to be something else in there that made the right. uh, composition the flavor composition palatable i should say now uh, t- tom must have gotten an overcooked conch because if you cook it right it's just like overcooking a calamari it's like a it's like an eraser too if you don't know how to cook it but guess who knows how to cook it and it's fabulous with a white sauce a cream sauce of the little chinatown if you ever ate that conch cooked in that it's not a fritter it's it's no no i've eaten the little chinatown once and it was an interesting meal i'll give you that i wouldn't call it fantastic i know you didn't like it it's all right you know it's not great it's all right yeah it all depends different different restaurants have certain dishes that are spectacular and others that are just what they call in italy menza menza ordinary uh, but anyway, uh, you were talking about Napoleon. Now, Napoleon was so brilliant that he, uh, he, he was so cultured. He, he, he uh, really stocked the Louvre with most of the, the great uh, paintings of the world. He, he developed the great uh, legal code, the Napoleonic code, which we used here, right. and many, many other things. And uh, if you read about his life, now the English don't like him because, of course, they were opposed to him. And they fought him. They wanted to keep the aristocracies uh, going while uh, Napoleon wanted more democracies. 
-hmm. and uh, egalite, they call it, equality. Uh, but anyway, uh, you were talking about also ranch. Raw, raw cauliflower chilled with ranch dressing is fabulous. It's anything with ranch dressing is fabulous. I mean, <laughs> you know, ranch dressing is fabulous. That's why people eat it. And that's why it's, it's become uh, such a thing. I don't, you know what I don't understand? I don't understand honey mustard dressing. Oh, I love that. Do you really? Yeah. That was like a, fact, that was like the big thing in the eighties, I think. In and, fact, I uh, developed a sandwich based on uh, Stein's missed, uh, by the way, they finally opened for the public. Uh, and on the way down there Saturday morning for breakfast, my tire blew on the interstate and shredded completely. I was lucky to, to be living today. Oh and, uh, and I had to get oh. off and uh, look, I don't think I ruined the rim, but it was an experience and I missed the great breakfast. Aw. Well, so, uh, but, but I'm sure the, there'll uh, be others. Yeah, many, uh, hopefully. Uh, the honey mustard I use is the sauce instead of Thousand Island on my rendition of the Sam uh, sandwich that Stein's is famous for. Well, honey mustard is really, in my opinion, not very good. But <laughs> Thousand Island is even worse. I mean, it's kind of like you're gravitating. You know what's interesting about both of those, though, and, and ranch now, this is a good testament to how good ranch is. Thousand Island is a mid-century, 20th century dressing. And then honey mustard was kind of hip in the latter part of the 20th century, the 80s and 90s. But ranch has been around for 50 years, and it's every bit as popular, whereas those other two dressings have fallen by the wayside. Yeah, well, maybe uh, it all depends on personal choice. But anyway, today. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have the personal choice. Like, try to find a honey mustard dressing in a restaurant today. It's never in the list of of dressings made at the place wherever it is. Really, it's, if you're in a good, if you're in a good restaurant, you may tell the chef to make my honey mustard. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is the point of what I'm trying to say is that if something is desired by a lot of people, it's going to remain on a menu. That's why Tom likes to whine about the lamb ribs at Zia or the tomato basil. And people would say to him, but Tom, you were the only one who ordered it. So if something is ordered by a lot of people, then they're going to keep it on the menu. So my point well, is that you can't find thousand island dressing anymore or honey mustard yes i'm sure someone could make it for you but you shouldn't if it's popular you wouldn't have to do that you know what i mean and, and by the way i had the same situation and they were so nice to make three packs for me because they told me nobody orders the white remoulade at but it's so good oh. that, and, <laughs> and they made three packs for me so, ah, so wait no one I, orders the white remoulade Exactly. Now, see, I, would think, I don't understand. Okay, so that's gonna, that's the question for the rest of the show. Well, Are you that, a white remoulade person or a red remoulade person? Because I'm a white remoulade person. Well, yeah, me yeah. too. What's, uh, 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 yeah, but anyway, I wonder, go ahead. Uh, sorry, today we went to 
uh, one of your favorite places. I don't know if it's your favorite. It was your favorite food product, a hamburger at Five Guys. And oh, I, you went to Five and, Guys? Yeah. Uh, my son I and I... I almost went to Five Guys today. If I'd had the time, I would have. <laughs> well, there's two in New Orleans. I mean, in Metairie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the way, um, uh, so we invited a gentleman we met who was on Jeopardy uh, and did real well on Jeopardy from New Orleans. And my son and I play Jeopardy every day. We're interested in going on the show. So we, we invited him over to get all the, uh, uh, the, the tips on how to play correctly. By the way, he uh-huh. also he did real well. He didn't win because he caught a, a five-time champion who beat him. But uh, also, uh, he was on Wheel of Fortune, and he won. I love Wheel of Fortune. I, I didn't Who like that. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And how did you I signed a non-disclosure agreement, but his first name is Sean. I'll, uh, I'll give you more information uh, if, you, if you email me. Is this me. someone that you know or you, you sought him no, out? My son, my son saw him on Jeopardy. We both saw him on Jeopardy a few, about a year ago, okay? A- April 24, 2020. And what, what happened was, uh, he did so well. I, my son, a few months later, said, I met him uh, at a certain place, and, he, and, and he's very nice, and he'll talk to us about Jeopardy. So we invited him to lunch. Uh, I ate so much, it was pitiful. Wait, wait, of- wait, wait, wait. Michael, you invited him to lunch at Five Guys? Yeah, he said he's a regular little uh, little guy. He's not a, he's one, of the, he's one of the guys. He's not a fancy uh. guy. It all depends on the person. Most people don't like white remoulade, nor do they like conch, nor do they like foie gras, or we went to five guys. Anyway, anyway, um, what was I saying? The uh, Hold on. Uh, yeah, I wanted to give a, a, a shout-out to, uh, we have a, a, a follow-up. His name is Mr. G. G is in George. So, Mr. G. Thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> no All autographs, right, please. No autographs, please. Okay. <laughs> okay. GG. Is that Mr. it G. for your list today? Sorry, that's the list. GG. That's Mr. your G. list. Got to go. All right. Take care. All right. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We'll be back after these messages. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, 
and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. It's funny, after Michael hung up, I was uh, looking through something on the phone and I saw a picture of a pretty yummy burger. It was a close-up and it looked like kind of a Five Guys burger. It was not, but uh, but it made me think, you know, I kind of wish I had gone to Five Guys today. Let's go to Steve. Man, it's great to follow my hero. <laughs> I want to be just like Michael when I grow up. Oh, boy. One is all we need in the world, believe me. Well, go ahead. well I don't know. He's pretty... Uh... He's pretty hip for, you know, an elderly gentleman, and I'm saying that I'm 66, so, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, um, he's fun. He okay. knows I love to pick on him. Go ahead. The uh, Your theory about the Thousand Island and the honey mustard, I guess that means a Big Mac is a great burger. Well, there are a lot of people who think it is. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't. Um, I don't like anything from McDonald's except their breakfast are okay. Um, so my wife came in yesterday right off, right after I got off the phone with you and said, okay, so you want cornbread? And I said, sounds good to me. She made a big old batch of cornbread and oh my goodness, it was delicious. Jiffy, Jiffy. Jiffy. See, I hate to agree with Michael seventy five on anything. That's another one of my experience uh, experiments. I have to get some Jiffy cornbread and see if it's as good as I remember it. Yeah, just and we put a can of Mexicorn, drain the can of Mexicorn, and put that in the mix with it. Yeah, and, you were talking about that yesterday. Let me let me get back to what you said about the burger, though. You said, yeah. based on my theory, that. This is a great burger, but I don't think we said anything about it being great or not. I just said if something is popular, it remains on the menu. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot the, of stuff that's popular that's not good. We didn't well, say anything about the you. goodness of anything. Just that. Well, I mean, it's like if it's popular, you, it stays on a menu. Go ahead. What? Uh, honey mustard is, and I, I do love honey mustard. Also, but honey mustard, you can get that with your chicken nuggets there at, at your McDonald's. I saw a thing on the food that built well, I'm talking America. about real restaurants. Do you ever yeah, see honey mustard yeah, sure. in a real restaurant? Absolutely. You do? Where? Where? Well, I mean, I can't remember right off the for top dressing? of my head. Huh? As a choice for a dressing? Yeah. And I, I, really? like I said, I've I can't really remember where because I usually will go for some kind of vinaigrette that you know, truly I know, but usually they'll say, you know, if they say, would you like a, what do you, what kind of dressing on your salad? I'll say, what do you have? And I never hear honey mustard in a list okay. anymore. Well, I'll, now, I'll there be is a, a little, go ahead. There is a place that does honey mustard, which surprises me because I like everything else about the place. But the club sandwich that I'm obsessed with at Porter and Luke, that comes mm-hmm. with a honey mustard. And yeah. I tell them to sub it out with may- for mayo, and so I, it's the only place I ever hear that there's well, I'll a honey be, mustard I'll be dressing. a little more attentive to see if I run into that anywhere. Uh, yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I, pay a little more attention too. Never Thousand Island. I never hear Thousand Island. Anywhere. I can't remember 
having Thousand Island. I mean, I'm you know I like it. It's okay, but I can't remember the last time I had it. Um, but I saw the food that built America on the History Channel the other day, and they were talking about Ray Kroc inventing the chicken nugget. And did you know that McDonald's chicken nuggets are in four shapes? They're the boot, the bell, the ball, and the bow tie. And they just take the white meat, pulverize it into a paste, and pour it into a mold and cook it. (laughs) I was about to say, I, I, I remember the last time I talked smack about McDonald's that was 22 years ago and I uh, I'm still smarting over the results of that because McDonald's has rather thin skin let's just say it that way well they can um, come after me if they want (laughs) and and I uh, I've always called their nuggets pieces parts which is exactly what it is mm-hmm. so thank you for saying it because it's gross yeah. i mean if you pour something into a mold and cook it like oh this, don't like, even ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah thanks but no, no thanks. thank you yeah um no thank so you. anyway i uh did enjoy my cornbread and i thought about you oh by the way today's the last day of the two dollar tuesday Oh, is it? You know what? I was down there. That's where I went to go bring my bike. And I, I, I briefly thought for a second, and I'm really glad I didn't because I would have been late for the show. But um, I looked over at the line, and there were only four cars in the $2 Tuesday uh, line. And I, uh, I said, well, should we got, I? And I said, no, I'm really sick of crawfish. Go ahead. What? We got them from Mandeville Seafood. But we got them at Rouse's a week or so ago, and they were pretty terrible. And because my wife was just in there getting something else, and they had them, but so we, she said, I don't want that to be my last ones of the year, and <laughs> we got them from Mandeville Seafood Friday, and they were fantastic, and they this were only two fifty a man. pound. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, they they were two fifty a pound, and that's what she was telling me today. She said, you know. Tomorrow, I mean, today is the last day of the $2 Tuesday, and I said, I'll spend the extra 50 cents and go to Mandeville. Thank you. I think so it's two fifty at Mandeville Seafood right now? What's that? There, It's two fifty a pound at Mandeville Seafood? Well, it was Friday. Oh, okay. So Let's consider, so I guess we're at the end of the season. I guess yeah. we're... Uh-huh. Yeah. Are yeah. they, were they, um, were any of them that, 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 hard kind of meat they were they were getting there the hard harder shell i had a couple junior lobsters in the uh-huh. in the <laughs> eight pounds that we got uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh and big enough that you could bust use i used a uh a nutcracker on the claws now i love to try oh. to pull the meat out of the claws i do too I might have to go get some of those now that you're talking about them like that. Because the last ones I had, and I, you know what, I, I'm with your wife. I would hate for this to be the last crawfish I had, yeah. which were those little itty bitty things at yeah. um, at the Southern Hotel. So I might have to go yeah. to Mandeville and get a big bunch of normal sized crawfish. Yeah, they were, and I love their boiling. I mean, their their boiling is really yes, good. Yes, their boiling These were is nice, terrific. Nice size. Terrific. Some of them were a little smaller, but I mean, nothing was terrible, and they were starting to get a little bit of that hard shell. But duh, you know, 
No, it's I'm not season. talking about the hard shell. There's a meat texture that changes. Yeah, and, and I like when the meat gets firm, you know? Oh, and you do? Yeah. I mean, it's, okay. you know, um, I'm hmm. not real, real, real picky, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was also laughing about your liking the Hormel. I don't, I don't like tamales uh, of any kind, but mm-hmm. my goodness, you know, aren't canned and frozen things getting real good? I mean, it's it's amazing <laughs> how many things that, that are canned foods or frozen foods. That are, I almost sorry, never eat good. either one of those. And the only reason I ate the canned tamales was that I've been thinking about them because we have these little memory trips, right. you know, here right. on the but show. But they were pretty and good, I weren't they? Thinking. They were quite good, actually. Yeah, and now um, you've had the, the you went and got the the canned spaghetti, the bot jarred spaghetti sauce. No, no, it's, it's a jar. It's in a jar. Yeah, but it's you know, I mean, we were, we got a can the other day. Walmart was out of what we did, and they offered us a can, and we said, yeah, we got it and tried it, and I thought it was pretty doggone good. I mean, it's I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, um, we you know we do eat too much processed food, but I have to say I liked this Rayo's sauce, and I um, oh I do too. I looked on the back of the the jar, and it it didn't have any preservatives in it, which is kind of interesting. How could you have something with shelf life with no preservatives? So that's kind of curious. Yeah, well, anyway, we're we're starting to get a little more normal here. That you know we can eat canned and frozen and packaged and um and my roast beef i like sliced way better sliced. than debris okay. i'm gonna tell you what this vera's poor boy was really good i'm gonna have it to try was, it was it was um i, I ran to get I, tom wanted a roast beef poor boy yesterday so i ran out to go get one and it was monday so I tried Bears, they were closed. I tried DiMartino's, they were closed. And so I thought, well, I'm going to try Vera. So I called and, I, and they did have a roast beef, poor boy. And it was, it was not debris. It was just like chunks of really good roast beef. Yeah. And it was, it was a nice poor boy. It had that, um, it had that base, that, you know, roast beef base that I'm not a fan of. It had that taste with the gravy, but the the meat itself was really quite good. Very well, impressed two, with it. My two favorites are Saya's and Pontchartrain. And so I, yes. I haven't tried Vera's. I'll go try Vera's. And Saya's oh, is you have the, to try Vera's. Vera's is exceptionally good. Did you yeah. did you ever have Daryl's? You got about 10 oh, seconds yeah. to answer that. Did you ever, yeah, okay. Oh, Darryl's yeah. Daryl's was, was really good. Yeah. I also like Vera's. Yeah, Vera's uh, is okay. like that. All right, got to go. Thank you, Steve. 3.30, time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. Governor John Bell Edwards has signed a bill into law that ends the possibility of jail time for a person if they are convicted of possessing a small amount of recreational marijuana. 
Policy Director for Louisiana Progress, Peter Robbins-Brown, says the measure has support from both Republicans and Democrats. What we saw with that support from the lawmakers who people might not have expected to support it was that there's a very strong argument coming from a conservative sort of libertarian standpoint that there's no reason to lock people up for this. The National Hurricane Center says the disturbance in the southern Gulf of Mexico has an 80% chance of developing into at least a tropical depression over the next five days. National Weather Service meteorologist Ben Schott says the broad area of low pressure will eventually move northward and flash flooding is possible in South Louisiana on Friday. Wherever it lands, just to the east of the center, is going to be heavy, heavy rainfall. LRN. Check out this fun game. Play 20 grand from the lottery. Win up to $20,000. That's $20,000. Visit any lottery retailer and ask for 20 grand for your chance to win. 20 grand on sale right now. Double your cash and play bonus double match from the lottery. Win up to 16 times on each ticket. Win up to $100,000. Stop at your favorite lottery retailer and play bonus double match today for your chance to win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. This summer, the COVID-19 vaccine is your ticket to hit the road. Explore Louisiana and get in free at all state parks. That's right. Choose to get the COVID-19 vaccine and you'll get free admission to all state parks this summer. So let's bring back those fun-filled Louisiana road trips by choosing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Call 1-855-453-0774 or visit covidvaccine.la.gov. Offer good through July 31st, 2021. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they've come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.funkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on June 18th, it's the Riverbenders, and on June 25th, Randy Jackson from the band Zebra. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. So I was looking up during the break the most popular dressings in the United States. And uh, it's a Food Network piece and it is uh, unquestionably ranch by some ridiculous amount. This was from a 19, I mean, uh, a 2018 survey. Ranch dressing actually dates back to the 50s, so I was wrong. And uh, I think maybe it began wide use in the late 70s because it was invented by a guy in Santa Barbara when he and his wife, they, they, did the dressing first, and then they opened a um, a bed and breakfast, and it's it was called Hidden Valley Ranch. So I think it probably took a while for tourists who had gone to Hidden Valley Ranch and asked for the recipe 
for it to be popular enough for them to start bottling it. So maybe they started bottling it in the late 70s, but, um, but that's when it came into wider use. And uh, it's the number one by some ridiculous amount favorite dressing in the United States. But I was wrong about Thousand Island because the top five are ranch, Italian, blue cheese, Thousand Island, and Caesar. So Thousand Island is still, now maybe that's for bottled dressings. So I still maintain that, and I don't think this is because I don't like it, I think that I just don't hear it in a list of dressings when I'm someplace and asking about a dressing. I usually go right to ranch anyway, but um, but I could see, or, or a vinaigrette, but I don't really hear honey mustard or Thousand Island. 5569696 five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmaurice sitting here just waiting for your call. Talk about whatever it is that you'd like to talk about as long as it has something to do with food. I don't know that, I guess maybe a ranch dressing would go pretty well with arugula, but I'm trying to think. It's a balsamic that we usually used to see it for sure. Five five six nine six nine six. The Pomodoro from Rayo's is something that I kind of wish I hadn't really liked as much because it means that I'll probably buy some more of it. But uh, I do think it's a bad idea to be not making your own stuff. It's just a practice that we should try to avoid as much as possible. I got an email today from, speaking of things that are not made in your own kitchen. I got an email today from the PR person uh, for Lou Molinari, who I was not all that familiar with until Jeff Morrow mentioned him in his book, and then I think on the radio as well. Apparently, it's a very popular place in Chicago. So he does a lot of mail order food from the restaurant and so they were offering to send some deep dish Chicago pizza to us and talk about it on the radio because they're trying to move into this market with Chicago deep dish pizza. I don't know. It's going to have to be really, really great and I'm looking forward to trying it, but it's going to be really, really great to make me enthusiastic about Chicago deep dish pizza. Definitely not something I understand. I don't really like thick crust pizza at all, but um, it'll be interesting. I'm going to try it. Today in 1968, the bubblegum song, Yummy, Yummy, I've Got Love in My Tummy, peaked at number three. <laughs> Tom says the Ohio Express did it and was never heard from again. I bet they did pretty well with that song, though. If you're wondering why I'm mentioning that and you're not familiar with the Almanac, the Almanac is this brilliant piece of work that Tom has compiled over 50 years, whereby he links a million different little nuggets of 
truth, I guess, uh, having to do with food. If it's got a food name, or if it's a person with a food name and their birthday, it's in here along with a million other things. Today in 1910, sometimes there are exceptions to this. Like in 1910, it was the birthday of David Rose, a composer and band leader whose biggest hit was The Stripper. He did much better work than that, notably an instrumental called Holiday for Strings. It's the theme music that opens each hour of the radio show. Tom has about a dozen versions of it, including the original recording in 1941 by David Rose and his orchestra. Many people recognize the tune as the theme music from the old Red Skelton show. David Rose also wrote the themes for Bonanza and Sea Hunt. Both of those I remember. It's, it's crazy how you remember something you haven't heard for 40 or 50 years and it comes right back to you. I'm not going to say why I said that because it's too embarrassing. Five five six nine six nine six in an effort to stabilize a surplus of milk. Dairy farmer Jacob Fuzel experimented with making ice cream on a large scale. Production and sales were good enough that on this date in 1851, in Baltimore, he opened the first commercial ice cream plant. You know, my kids used to always ask me a question that I found amusing. I never did eat very much ice cream, and I still don't eat a lot of ice cream, but they were puzzled by this because who wouldn't love ice cream? I remember Mary Lee asking me one time, Mom, why don't you like ice cream? And I'd say, I love ice cream, but I eat enough things already that I don't need to eat ice cream on top of it. I mean, if I had a choice between ice cream and eating a whole pizza, I would eat a whole pizza. I just don't have that much of a sweet tooth. But ice cream is a spectacularly delicious invention. I can't imagine anyone not liking ice cream. If you are one of those people, though, I would like to hear from you. I just think um, ice cream speaks to your soul, especially on a day like today that's really, really hot. It'd be really nice to have a big bowl of ice cream. And I don't want to think about it anymore because then I'll go get a big bowl of ice cream after the show, which, as I told my children many years ago, I don't need to eat. Now the words to eat by today from William Shakespeare. Tis an ill cook that cannot lick his own fingers. I'm not sure if I recall that from when it was William Shakespeare's birthday. This time had a bunch of quotes on in his almanac for Shakespeare's birthday. Let's see. There is a place in um, on the West Bank. Actually, there was a place. There's not a place like this anymore. But it was a pupuseria. And Tom was talking about it in his almanac because today is the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And there was a place called Pupuseria Divino Corazon in Bell Chase for a number of years. I remember when that was kind of a big deal on this show. People were going there. 
I guess Tom discovered it because Tom was always out discovering places in his eternal quest for the next meal. And he somehow or another stumbled on the Pupuseria Divino Corazon. And uh, it became kind of a phenom on the show. And it's not there anymore. I can picture it in my mind about exactly where it is. But um, those are good. Pupuserias are good. And, and that sort of became a, a, a subject that people talked about for a long time. That place in particular and pupusas in general. It's kind of hard to not love like a, a hand pie in any form of bread and meat, you know? Whatever iteration it is, whether you call it a meat pie, a hand pie, a pupusa, um, a taco, whatever it is, it's going to be good. Tom is a cheese of the day today. It's called kasseri. It's Greek. It's a pale yellow almost white cheese made from sheep's milk. Although some kasseri is made from goat's milk, and sometimes the two kinds of milk are both used. In a way, kasseri is an aged feta cheese with the same tangy sharpness and bready texture. It's good all by itself or as a stuffing for cheese-filled pastries. You're most likely to encounter kasseri in a flaming grilled cheese dish called saganaki which is a specialty of Greek restaurants. I was talking about Saganaki the last time in reference to Duman Artisan Kitchen there in Mandeville, which I believe has reopened, although I don't know as what. So is anyone uh, a fan of Duman? And have you gone over there to check and see what their new uh, iteration is now that they have reopened? Um, I was very surprised to see that they were changing because I thought they were doing very well with what they had, the format there. But if you have been to Dumont since they reopened, give me a call, 556-9696, and we'll be back after these messages. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? This is probably blasphemy to follow the Keith Young Steak spot with uh, what I'm going to say next, which is that it's steak night at Jack Mel Inn tonight. Jack Mel Inn is in Hammond, so that makes it a little bit better. But Jack Mel Inn is a wonderful place to go, 43 years running in Hammond. It's probably 
the original nice restaurant in Hammond. Uh, it's a an old house. It is located between east and west versions of Highway 190. And it is a beautiful place. A lot of lush gardens, a nice patio outside. It's a good place for a wedding. Their Sunday brunch is exceptional. Every meal at Jack Mill Inn is exceptional. Josh Garrick is a fantastic chef. He is uh, in the kitchen for a long time at Jack Mill. Paul Murphy, the owner, declares him the best chef on the North Shore. And I think that a, a case could certainly be made for that. It's exceptional food that he turns out, definitely in the 10%. Tonight is steak night. They have a great two-course special lunch for $15 on Fridays at Jack Mellon. But any time is a great time to dine there. It's intimate. It's cozy. They have a lunch, uh, not a lunch, but they have a salad comes complimentary with any entree. Paul Murphy does that at all of his restaurants. It's a delicious place to go. Great wine list. Paul knows a lot about wine, does wine tastings and things like that. Jack Mill Inn is definitely worth the drive to Hammond. I say that without hesitation. If you live in Hammond, you should be going there a lot. I'm sure you do. But if you want a destination place or just a delicious meal and have to go to Hammond, it's absolutely worth it. Jack Millen is located at 903 East Morris Avenue. The phone number to make a reservation is 985-542-0043. Steak night tonight at Jack Mill Inn. 556-9696. I want to also mention that Mandeville Seafood has been open 25 years celebrating their anniversary. They are the sponsor of Fish School, which we will now go to and talk about them after. Squid. What is off-putting to some is a delicacy to others. Squid come in all sizes, but the ones we're used to seeing are the smaller ones from the Gulf that restaurants serve, usually under the name calamari. Most commonly, the cephalopod is coated in a batter of some sort and deep-fried, usually served with a side of some sort of tomato-based sauce, commonly cocktail or marinara. Chefs are taking new approaches to use this ingredient in the past years. Just look at squid ink pastas on the menu now. The quality of the squid you're eating generally stems back to how it was prepared and cleaned. Chewy to begin with, squid are best prepared hot and fast. Overcooking happens very quick and is detrimental to your finished product. Hot and fast doesn't always mean deep fried though. We also love our squid sauteed. Just a kiss in the scorching pan and season with garlic and herbs. We also poach the squid in salt water, refrigerate, and use it to make cold salads and antipasta plates. We're seeing more and more dishes infusing squid ink into sauces and finding other ways to utilize this ingredient, such as they do all over the Mediterranean. Ah, uh, yes, they do all over the Mediterranean. It is uh, a delicious salad over there. And um, one of these days, I'm not, I'm going to bring myself to try that, but don't count on it anytime soon. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I want to mention also that Mandeville Seafood can get you anything that you hear about on Fish School. If you would like to try it, uh, they do need a little couple of days notice, but uh, but Mandeville Seafood can get you anything.
and uh, be fun to kind of try some of these things. That's why we're doing fish schools. So you might be inspired to cook one of these uh, a little bit less frequently seen uh, fish in other seafoods. Uh, <clears throat> one of the words to eat by today are or is from an unknown, except that he is probably from Tennessee, an unknown person. May you always have red-eye gravy with your ham, hush puppies with your catfish, and the good sense not to argue with your wife. Red-eye gravy. I don't know. I, 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 Stan was talking about that. We have Stan coming tomorrow. But he was talking about that the last time we, uh, not the last time, but one of the times that we talked to him. And I, I don't know, I'm not convinced that red-eye gravy is, is worth doing, but it is an unusual thing and you have to maybe grow up with it. But people who, who like it, they definitely really like it. All right, I'm gonna read something from Tom's uh, archival reams of archival work, I should say. It is from our newsletter, which comes out twice a week. It's called um, Tom's, it's, the, it's Today's Flavor is what it's called. And it's just education on various things. This one is on tuna. Tom says some four or five years ago, he yelled in print about the use of fresh tuna in dishes where canned tuna had always been used before. The dish he had in mind was precisely the one Villa's sites, salad nichoise. This is the classic salad nichoise is made of potatoes, green beans, eggs, tomatoes, a little lettuce, and canned tuna. The canned tuna wasn't a cheap substitute. It was the original ingredient. Tom loves fresh tuna. He loves it grilled, seared, or sashimi styled. But the first thing you discover upon eating fresh tuna for the first time is how much different it is from canned tuna. Indeed, the two foods are so unlike one another that it's hard to believe they came from the same dish. You know, I am going to say that that is not always true. When um, the, what's the name of that restaurant? It's one of the Creole Cuisine group, and it's on the corner of, I think, Charters and maybe Iberville or Bienville, and I'm going to look it up because I'm not going to remember it, but I, I remember uh, the, first, the first chef at the restaurant when it opened was a woman named Haley Vandervliet. She has gone on to do her own thing, and I'm not sure where her own thing is, but she was from Seattle, and she made a tuna salad in the style of the kind that, you know, you used to see in the 50s. Something you would see on a picnic hamper, in a picnic hamper, and it was a tuna fish salad. And it was mind-blowingly good. And I couldn't believe she was using canned tuna. So I asked her how she had done it. And she did, in fact, roast the tuna and break it up into 
little bits of tuna like you would see in canned tuna, but it was indeed uh, homemade. So I don't know why you'd go through that trouble to make that dish, but she did just for fun and it was really exceptionally good. There's also a picnic salad tuna on the menu at um, what is, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's out in um, the Palisades in Los Angeles and it's a Houston restaurant because, you know, Houston broke up all of their Houstons into different restaurants when some law was passed that they didn't want to abide by. And so they renamed all of their restaurants and there's one out out in uh, in Palisades, and I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's like a the Fifth Street Grill or something. And uh, they have a tuna salad on the menu, and I'll bet you they do it that way too. So the first time Tom encountered fresh tuna being used for a salad niçoise, he thought it isn't a salad niçoise. This is a salad with a slab of grilled tuna on top. The flavor was way off. You can't imagine making tuna salad with fresh tuna, so even with fresh tuna easily available, even with a culinary current that's all things must be fresh weighing down upon us, we must conclude that canned tuna has a place on the table. But now that we know all about the fresh tuna, some aspects of canned tuna suddenly seem mysterious. For example, why is it that color? What gives it that taste? The same answer, it's cooked, but at a relatively low temperature in a good deal of liquid. Most tuna is cooked inside the can. To get the same effect with fresh tuna, you'd put it in a pan of lightly boiling, well-salted vegetable stock for something like 40 minutes. What you'd get when cooled would look and taste a lot like canned tuna. The best quality canned tuna is solid pack. This means that the entire contents consist of one continuous piece of fish. That's what you want for the likes of tuna niçoise. Chunk tuna is made from the odd pieces that are left over from making the solid pack. It's okay for tuna salad or tornado sauce. There's also something called flake tuna, a byproduct of chunk tuna. That's the low end. Although most of us have come to prefer the water pack tuna, Tom finds himself going back to oil pack tuna for salad niçoise. The taste is bigger. Well, I will stick by that uh, Haley Vandervliet episode and want to do it myself at some point. But uh, I remember when I used to always eat canned tuna at my house of origin, I didn't realize how awful tuna could be until I started eating vacuum-packed albacore tuna. It makes a huge difference. And now if I'm not careful and I get the stuff that I used to eat at my home of origin, I am shocked at the difference in those two products. I won't say 5569696, although it comes out rather automatically whenever there's a pause. I will say, though, that it is the 75th anniversary of WGSO. And we have a 75 for 75 campaign going on right now. If you go to the website, WGSO.com, which is redone, new and beautiful, you will see a yellow button that says donate. If you click that button, your donation will be tax deductible. That's because in addition to celebrating 75 years as the only locally owned news talk station in town, as the community voice of the Crescent City, WGSO is now also a 501c3 charity. So 
all tax deductible any donation that you make. Please go to the website and make a donation for the 75 for 75 campaign. It will approve things at the station across the board and it's going on all year. Happy anniversary to WGSO. We at the Food Show have our own platform. It's called nomenu.com. N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That's where you'll find these almanacs that we use at the blueprints of the show, where you'll find the Food Show podcasts. Tony, send me these podcasts from the last couple of days, please. We have them posted so that you can catch whatever you miss of the show. It's on the front page under the Food Show. We'd love for you to tell a friend about the show. They can find it on WGSO on nomenu.com or the Simple Radio or TuneIn apps or just about any place. We would love for them to discover the show. It's a nice respite from everything else out there. We just have fun talking about food. We also have our uh, newsletter that comes out twice a week. If you go to, to nomenu.com, you can sign up for the newsletter. You will see things on nomenu.com like hundreds of recipes, archival information like what I just read, old reviews of restaurants that are still pertinent if you're dealing with a certain kind of restaurant. Um, we have, uh, let's see, Dining Diary. We have specials in the newsletter. Um, just a lot of things that Tom's been working on for 50 years. So please visit nomenu.com. We also have our Instagram page at the New Orleans Menu. We'd love for you to follow us there. Tim McNally is coming up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. And that's it for us for the evening. WGSO New Orleans. It's 4 o'clock. Time for the news from the network. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The CDC is labeling the Delta.